You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. As usual, we'd like to remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Also, be sure to join the Facebook group. Join the group. Join the conversation. That's You Don't Sound I... Uh, damn it. <laughs> you Don't Sound Autistic. That's You Don't Sound Autistic YDSA. Uh, we also like to welcome listeners from different countries. And I said last time, different countries and all over the world, which is... The same thing. The same thing. From all over the country and all over the world. Maybe that should be my saying. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and everyone that's joined the Facebook group. And also be sure to check out YouDon'tSoundAutistic.com for episode show notes and links to reference materials in the episode post. Uh, check out the Brain Hugs or the shop to find the products we use to manage our daily lives. And for our new listeners, Rochelle. You Don't Sound Autistic is a mental and emotional health awareness podcast. Each week, we do our best to represent both neuroperspectives and talk about the continual discovery process of life on the spectrum. Our goal is to illuminate, uncover, and transparently discuss life with multi-diagnosis through a multi-generational neurodivergent lens. We follow an open, unscripted conversational format that represents the real life back and forth of communication and collaboration. Even if you aren't raising the next generation, you'll find the comparison of the age groups helpful in seeing the more hidden patterns in the DNA of your lifestyle and lineage. Well said. Thank you. Well written. Thank you. Hey, now what? Um, did you catch that we're in 50 countries now? We're now we, being we've been in We've been in 50 countries. No, we've been in 25. We've been reaching 50. Oh, we're in 50 now? Rochelle's leaving me. No. Um, I did see that we were in 25 countries. I don't necessarily remember us being in in 50 countries. I'm going to look this up. Um, when Rochelle, she just ran away. <laughs> when she gets back, she said that she wanted to address... Um, I'll, I'll talk about it for a second. But she wanted to address the fact that we had some listeners reach out on the website. So if you want to do that, again, it's you don't sound autistic.com. You can also send me or Rochelle a private message. Uh, my first thought was, oh, well, we should read these people's emails, you know, live on the show. But of course, we would want to get the permission. And I think those emails just came in today. So we're just we were just going to kind of vaguely talk about it and maybe mention their first name and where they were from, but not necessarily read their email. But the emails, just in a general sense, first of all, thank you to those two listeners whose uh, names Rochelle has. <laughs> so she'll mention that in a second. So you know that uh, you actually made it to us. She was going to reach out with an email, I think. But I, I was like, why not just talk to them on the show? Um, the fact is that you know we are reaching uh, a, a lot of listeners. And that's the reason that we do this. It, you know, it can be kind of therapeutic as well. But I think the, the reason that I enjoy doing this so much uh, every week is that, you know, we, we see the numbers rising. So I'm like, clearly people are, something is resonating um, from the show. Obviously we don't have like millions of listeners or anything, but to the couple hundred people that, you know, have listened 
that's still pretty amazing for for me i think to uh to know that my story and rochelle's story has made it to hundreds of ears uh the, anyway so the 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 emails that came in sorry i'm on i'm like but i digress uh, i've been left alone and maybe i should have my own podcast just me talking could you imagine that folks that'd be terrible wouldn't it um but the the emails were very complimentary of the show and saying how uh you know they were so thankful i'm i'm generalizing here but they were thankful that they found us and kind of giving us some insight into their own uh personal journeys and please feel free if you do want to share with us and if you want us to share it on the show because it might be helpful to others obviously you know um we do have a unique perspective uh me and rochelle but i'm really hoping to get to the point where we can bring other people in the show and interview them or at least share other people's stories. So if you have a story you'd like to share about your journey, please do that. Like I said, you can send it to us. You don't sound autistic.com. You can send us a message or you can reach out to either me or Rochelle on Facebook. Um, those are the best ways to reach out to us to send us a private message. Super cool to do that. And yeah, we will uh, go ahead and read your messages and uh, if you're comfortable, let us know, and we'll share them on the show. So hopefully they can be helpful for other people, not just us. So, yep, I'm still alone. Rochelle's left me to uh, go take care of something. <laughs> it's so weird me just sitting here talking to myself. Um, I have notes for topics, the things I wanted to address on the show sometimes, and uh, one of them was... Um, spotting other autistic people in the world does anyone else ever notice this like where you're out and after you've been diagnosed or self-diagnosed and you realize that you uh you you notice a lot more um of your own kind of quirks that you'll see in other people and you're like i wonder if this person's autistic or i wonder if this person has no idea that they're autistic or i wonder if this person like it just i'm i'm always curious about that and oh Here's Rochelle. She's back, like the magic of editing. Hello. Did you have to take a dump? Excuse me. Oh, did you fart? No. Okay. No. Should I cut that out? I'm leaving it in. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> so I was just talking to everyone, and uh, sorry if the, I had to. I had to, you know, I had to hold hold the fort down here for a minute. It, I couldn't hear specifics, but it um, sounded like you were doing a great job. Yeah, I don't know. You tell us, folks. Um, Blake's desperate moment. That'll be the name of this the episode. <laughs> there we go. That's how it feels in my brain. All right. Uh, no, I was, I was, I well, we can come back to this. I was talking about seeing other autistic people or other people that have ADHD. No, I, I think it's a good there. topic. Yeah, please continue. But, well, I was gonna go back though to uh, the listeners who reached out on the website. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't think we were gonna necessarily you know read what they said because they very, we didn't yeah, very personal we didn't necessarily yeah get their permission but we could at least mention that someone said something a couple people yeah no we've um <clears throat> this always is a highlight of our week when we hear from you guys and um have the honor of sort of i guess witnessing your journeys and being a part of it by just by the sheer fact that you're sharing it and um we had so i just want to reach out to to Roman uh, from Australia and say hello. Uh, we received what up, your, Roman? Yeah, we received your your note and absolutely just adore uh, everything you said and appreciate you sharing your journey with us. Um, we are here with you, 
And then also um, to our new friend, Jessica. I don't know where she's writing in from, but um, her her experience was really beautiful to, to read about as well. And um, we just always appreciate hearing what your journeys are and how we can continue to support you. So thank you both. Yeah, thank you. Basically, there was like their way of saying like, keep up the good work, which felt good because a lot of times I look at the <clears throat> like the numbers for how many downloads we're getting because that's what kind of motivates me um, because I'm like, all right, well, like clearly if no one's listening, why are we doing this? Yeah, but we haven't had those results. Like we are, it just, I know we're growing every, we're pretty much growing every month, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And it, that's the whole point is that our journey felt like living in hell and we thought we couldn't possibly be alone. And just based on, you know, the growing numbers in the research that we're definitely not alone. And, you know, knowing that Declan was autistic was okay, but there's a lot of children's support. We're mainly focused on adults. Right. Um, we don't get enough support. No. And I think that there's even less support when you're talking about, um, you know, relationships and raising a family or, you know, just, just managing so many of the day-to-day things. I know uh, many of the podcasts that I listen to are so focused on, you know, specific aspects and then, and the, and it's great information. And even I learn a lot, but it sometimes isn't as easy to kind of incorporate into your daily lives. And so we're trying to do the opposite. We're trying to, I just thought of a perfect, sorry, as you're sitting here talking, I'm thinking of my own brain and, uh, that's totally legit. What what did you think? Well, because you're talking about support. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like a bra. I was like, what what could I call that? And I was like, oh my god, what battling real autism. Bra. <laughs> I get it. That's the support. Okay. Sorry, very stupid dad no, joke. It's okay. Type of situation. That's funny. No, I just really appreciate hearing from people. It, it that's what me motivates too. me is that this. In our, what I felt like was was one of you our. You can also send money to you don't sound autistic. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't set that up yet. I'm a little like in. I don't know. Buy a bumper sticker, damn it! <laughs> no, I have those as free. What? Yeah. No, those shouldn't be free. That'll cost us postage. Well, there's postage separate. Shipping. Yeah. Free bumper stickers. They're all fifty bucks for postage, though. You <laughs> cheapskates. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> You're funny. Well, and I, I'm motivated by the by the listener responses. So. Yeah. You know, I I figured that I'd get more fan mail. Not one topless photo. I discouraged You know what's going to happen, though, is some dude's going to send me <laughs> a topless. Here's that topless photo you wanted. I'm like, at least it's not a bottomless photo. It's okay. Well, because, you know, um, one of our listeners, you know, I was just thinking about that because um, maybe maybe more than one of our listeners, he's gay, and he had made a comment on the Facebook group about that. Mm-hmm. And about like how I, maybe it was, I don't know if it was him specifically, but I'd read something where it said. It was where he was asking about putting, his, whether if he, English. No, 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 that's not where I'm going. Oh. Um, that like a significant number of people that are neurodiverse are, are gay. Oh, I ha yes, he's not wrong. No, I know. And I was like, I just dodged the gay bullet, <laughs> which is nothing wrong. No, I mean, I'm not trying to say like, I'm not trying to hate on gay people. I'm just saying for me personally. In as much as someone that's gay likes dudes or like right. a woman that likes women. Right. I don't. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. No, I know. I feel you though. Right. I don't know where I was going with that. 
I was just I trying to. Either. I was trying to be all empowering. No, I think it is, and I think it's an important thing to bring up, actually, because um, I'm saying when I said th- I dodged the gable, I'm just like for me personally, I'm saying like for you know for a split second, I was like, am I gay? And then I'm like, no, you like vaginas. That's true. You do way too much. Right, you do. But remember, like you you picked. Okay, have you ever told the ballerina story? Um, on here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. Because it's like, I? well, just. For you, you have, I mean, historically, you've always just liked women. I know. I I was like the first in my group of friends where we would, um, like, we would be at a friend's house that had cable, Mm -hmm. and it'd be like late at night, and we'd be like, oh, let's see what's on, like, the the naughty channels, and all the guys would be like, ew, gross, and I'd just be like, titties, this is amazing, (laughs) like, at seven or eight years old. Um, So I I understand, like, when, when people are, like, when people talk about, like, turning gay i'm like that doesn't make sense to me because i didn't turn straight i just am well but i think that when you are raised in it's just like you don't turn autistic either it's just no you're born that way but i think you're i think that's true for uh for the for the gay population as well i well, think i'm saying if more you're of gay anything, or straight i think you're i think you're just born that way i don't think you can like learn to be no one i think way or the i other. think that's true but i think it's more about we so in studying culture when you are born into any kind of culture, it dictates how you dress, what your schedule looks like, what kind of professions that you do, you know, like what's your food, what's your family life, what's the timing of your life, like all of these types of decisions. And it goes towards, you know, who you're going to marry, how you're going to marry. So, you know, obviously, if you have to fight against a culture you're born into to discover who you truly are, then... I don't think you turn. I think you you discover yourself. It's no different than why we've named our entire process self-discovery because I believe it's as relevant whether it's neurodivergent or... I thought we were going to talk about my my, uh, ballerina story. Well, we're just all tangential tonight. Yeah, look at you using big words. I'm trying to talk about titties. (laughs) I was making a strong point that I no longer remember. Okay, good. Please tell. Your mom tells the story, this ballerina (laughs) story. Yeah, I'm going to tell it. Okay. My mom's on here. Um, no, just because, yeah, like when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember I was watching something on TV. She said you were five. Uh, okay. Are you telling the story? I filled in a piece. I don't think I was five. Well, tell the story and then we'll call her later and find out. <sighs> Irrelevant. Um, so I was upstairs or whatever. I was, I was watching TV and I, and I rushed downstairs and I was like, mom, I'm going to marry a ballerina. And she goes, no, you're not. And I go, yes, I am. And because I saw some ballerina, she goes, sweetheart, they're flat chested. And I was like, really? Never mind. <laughs> yes. Well, and Declan has Not been, that there's anything wrong with being flat chested. No, no. It was just your, it's just where you just were naturally. It's not my type. Right. And Declan has been naturally attracted to, you know, big breasted women titties. since he was six months old. I mean, we have actual video footage that's right of him at, at Hooters. Oh, way before that. That was at nine months. We have we have him on camera as early as six months old sitting in like the, you know, we go to brunch, Mimi's or French, or, uh, French press or whatever. Yeah. And we would watch him watch the women. And it was always, didn't matter how, what her age was. It didn't matter. Any other, the only characteristic that, that was common, in common between all the women that he would like stare at and kind of f- make eyes and flirt with is that they had a, a large chest. 
That's my boy. <laughs> Nothing else mattered. It was so cute. That's but right. he was. He was very drawn to it. So at nine months, we put it to the test and went to Hooters. But um, that was more in celebration of my dad because that was one of his favorite places to That go. was, I think, for Declan, a celebration of Hooters. <laughs> he was a happy baby. He was very happy. So, I, yes, I think it's more about self-discovery, and that's part of what we honor and what a, one of the things that I think... I wish. Could you imagine? Like, that's the thing. That's how weird it is to find out that you're autistic, though. Could you imagine? Like, I wrote this stand-up bit where I was like, "What if, um, like your gender, um, sorry, not your gender, but like your sexuality was, was um, assigned to you, to where you were just like, hey, uh, Bill, you're gay, and you're like, you're kidding me. You know what I mean? Like, you, like you just be like, thrown off." by it Mm -hmm. like if you just woke up one day and someone was like this is you know um that's how like it felt like when it was like you're autistic and i was like what and then i was like oh my god all of a sudden like all this stuff makes sense you were really thrown by it yeah but remember that story i have i have a family friend um long 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 time family friend and he got testicular cancer and so in the process was it or prostate cancer I don't know. It was one of the two. Those are two different things. Doesn't matter. But they're both male hormone related. Okay. So in the process of surviving cancer, he had to go undergo the process of like basically losing all of his male hormones so that it didn't continue to feed the cancer. And in the process, he was like, oh my gosh, finally, here's my life. Like, here's my body. Here's my work. Everything makes sense. And as he recovered from cancer, um, he is now she, and she is still a beloved member of our family, but went through this entire process and, and literally became a different person. And That would terrify me if I woke up one day and was like, I'm a woman. She's so much happier now. Oh, it's No, amazing. good for them. I'm saying for, I'm talking about for me. No, like, but it kind of fits into what you're talking about because the, because for all of his life, I mean, he didn't you mean her life no because i'm separating the two eras of when he knew versus when wouldn't he you say all of their life i don't know i'm just saying i knew him when he was I, when he identified as a man he did not you know i don't know lost my train of thought now you got me all paranoid. you mean when she identified as a man okay sure see pronoun city man <laughs> you gotta be you gotta be you're, you're not lit okay isn't that what the kids say i don't know my kid just told me that we're Power Rangers. I don't. I don't know the lingo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't mean to, to offend hear, anyone. I can't hear, wait to hear what his uh, lingo is. Anyway, continue. It, it's just I'm just talking about different aspects of the self discovery process. So okay. No, I'm just saying there is there is sort of like a. Um, I mean, there's just it's a different type of stigma. True. But there's there's got to be some correlation between that, like. You know, if you went through that, like growing up, it, you know, you're learning about your sexuality or whatever. Sure. And then you get older and then all of a sudden you're like, you're autistic and you're like, damn, double whammy. <laughs> well, I think in both scenarios, you have to overcome the fact that the people that have been closest to you for most of your life have probably been, whether consciously or subconsciously, trying to either talk you out of being who you are or dismiss you for being who you are and so both of those types of rejection are traumatic and you know at that point peeling back the layers to really discover who you truly are and then allowing 
your heart to be the one that guides you after all of those years of being told you're not who you are. I think that's the real growth in the journey. And, and that's one of the things that makes this process. I, it's why I name the step after relief, grief and burnout, the self-advocacy and reinvention specifically because once you go through that process of like, oh my God, this is who I really am. However you define that, whether it's, you know, whether it's sexuality or neurodivergence or both or several other things that can happen on top of it. I mean, especially for the women that listen to us, we have so many other hormonal things that can come as a result that can be mixed up in all this crisscrossing diagnosis things, you know, um, things that that can go hand in hand with our ability to have children or PMS or PMDD and all these different things. You finally peel all these layers back and you're like, oh my God, okay, now I finally get it. Here's where I truly am. Now what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and what I know about myself finally match. Now who am I going to be? You know, and that, that self-advocacy process is being able to speak your needs confidently and without fear of rejection and reinvention is like, great, now I get to step in and define who I am and what I stand for and what I want my life to look like. And, you know, that's not an easy process. Nope. You're still kind of trying to figure out how to turn that corner yourself. Which corner? The self-advocacy and reinvention corner. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So... I'm trying to find myself a job. Well, and part of, yeah, that's, yes. Is that what you're talking about? Well, not just a job, but I mean, how you talk. A new talked, lifestyle. A new lifestyle. You talked before, you know, where'd my personality go? You've talked before about, you know, trying to overcome depression so you can, you know, kind of get back to the more witty version of yourself like you're you know that aspects of your personality have still not turned the corner some aspects of your personality are still in the grief and burnout process you know and maybe it's medication that's what we're exploring medication changes or food changes or lifestyle changes like things that that within your daily routine that make life feel easier and more supportive there's your bra again um if I start walking, you're not going to walk around with a bra, though. I don't have big titties. Oh. Well, there you go. Nope. So, I guess you can't borrow mine, then. Why? Because you do? <laughs> do I? Was that was that your way of being like, was that a little nod to a yourself? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Double delightful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, a, it's a process. That's right. It's a process. <laughs> I walked into that one. Yes, you did. Okay. Um, so then, so, and then I was talking about spotting other autistic people. Right. Like having uh, ADAR, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they say like gaydar, if you. Yeah, no, you, I do. But so ADAR, would that be? Well, what is it? What, what characteristics are you noticing? Well, that make so you curious? I was, I, of all things, I'm in charge of basically trying to hire new people at my job. Mm-hmm. And so I've been interviewing people and three interviews in a row. These were like the most socially inept people I'd ever met. Like I am so like, I'm so good. Like I can make eye contact by like looking at people and at least like pretending like I have this thing where I can like look at people 
and I can make I can make eye contact because I'm not really looking them in the eye. But, right. But it looks like I am. You've kind of created a role play almost. Like you, you almost com- become a character in your own mind. Yeah. And so I can spot I can spot it when people, and you know, most neurotypical people, I mean, I guess some neurotypical people are going to be uncomfortable and nervous, but I was like, really? I was like, of the three people I just met, I was like, at least one of them was autistic. There's no way that they weren't. I mean, I, so it's been interesting with eye contact because, you know, Declan has been so vocal lately about eye contact and we've had kind of the range of experiences where in the last couple of weeks he's been very uh, attached to me almost codependently attached like mom mom I need to see your eyes and like if he gets stressed because we're in the middle of driving in traffic mom I need to see your eyes turn your face around and I'm like I can't I'm driving he did that to me too the other day when we were driving so so yeah if your eyes are like he looks he he has challenges with eye contact in general, but if you are someone whose energy he feels comfortable with, he actually seeks eye contact. But it's totally an energetic, and I don't, you know, it's he's got that bit of empathy, or I don't know how to describe it yet because he's so young, but he's very sensitive to the people's energy around him. Like their total, like their vibe and do they have like kind of a happy right. vibe or are they kind of more of a sad, gloomy vibe or because that's palpable, you know, and I don't, I assume everyone has some, um, uh, some skills there. I, I, I'm so empathic. I didn't know that that was a thing. Like I just thought everybody felt the way I did, but I guess some, maybe not as much. And that's okay because I think, um, how we perceive other people's vibes you know the energy they give off it can be incredibly overwhelming and overstimulating so i think as a defense mechanism toning that back is actually helpful i wish i knew how to do that but when he's feeling overwhelmed he avoids eye contact and he can get really flustered by it if he feels like someone is kind of pressuring him because i've been in situations with him in the store where he just starts to cower or mom i need you to hold me and you know he's 37 pounds it's like okay sure (laughs) so or or like when we went to chick-fil-a the other day and how does he say it chick-fil-a yeah something like that chick-fil-a he's like yeah that's my chick-fil-a there you go oh so what happened oh so we went to chick-fil-a and you know i sat us down in a booth and there was uh i didn't even think i didn't think anything about it but there was a younger kid in the booth like behind him and a dude and his dad so like an older guy so three generations of three generations of 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 dudes okay the youngest being like i don't know how old the kid i'm whatever however old he was younger than declan and not super verbal but maybe a little bit verbal but he was like staring at us and smiling and i don't like that's how i know i like i was like fucking kid turn around because you you were uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable, and then Declan was like, f- you could see that he could feel like a hole burning in the back of his head. Declan could feel a hole burning in the back of his head with this kid, and like seemingly out of nowhere, Declan like turned and looked at the kid, and he was like, "What did he say? Like, um, please stop looking at me, or stop staring at me, or something like that." Yeah. I really, honestly, don't remember exactly the wording because I couldn't really hear him very well. Because, you know, Declan gets like that kind of low. He gets a little t- mumbly, yeah. Yeah. But you could hear him like look at the guy and like make eye contact and was like, stop looking at me. 
That's pretty direct. I mean, we've been teaching him self-advocacy for the last couple of months and it, and being able to voice when he's uncomfortable and name to be able, first of all, to identify that he's uncomfortable I, and name why he's uncomfortable and then be able to voice that he's uncomfortable. I, I mean, we have been specifically working on those skills. And so... Right. I, I don't think I would be able to turn around and tell someone to stop staring at me. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't think I would be either. Um, but I was proud of him when I heard the story because, and I know, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at it, but just in terms of Declan's point of view and how sensory seeking Declan can be. So Declan is one of those kids where like he will allow you, he loves hugs. He's, you know, he's sensory seeking. So there are autistic children that, um, won't right they're sensory, sensory avoidant. avoidant yeah and and physical touch can be painful or the emotional touch can be pain or the emotional interaction can be painful there's all you know sensory nerves do not all function the same but Declan has never been one of those kids he's usually pretty sensory seeking to the point where we actually worry that he's so sensory seeking and he's adult approval seeking that we have watched him repeatedly lie about his needs and ignore his own needs in exchange for that adult approval. So it makes him susceptible to like peer influence and being taken advantage of and being too highly suggestible, you know, suggestible and things like that as he grows older. So being aware of that and knowing that that's a problem, we need to develop these skills with him early. And that seemed to me like the crowning moment, at least in his growth so far, where he's learned to be able to speak up for himself. And um, in contrast, we went to dinner tonight and sat behind our booth, you know, was right next to a booth with another family and a child six months older than him, highly verbal. And the two ki- the two boys just wanted to play. And we tried very hard to focus them, to get them to eat. But all they wanted to do was turn and play and turn. And it was very quickly, my friend, mom, I'm playing with my friend, mom. Um, And so it was like, yeah, he's developing these skills of discernment, which is good to see. Yeah. He didn't want to be friends with that other kid. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just about the, whether or not he feels safe. We go back to, am I wanted? Am I loved? And am I safe? And, you know, when you're out in public, the first thing you go through is, am I safe? <laughs> and so he, yeah. he did feel safe and he felt wanted, you know, and those are enough for a social situation. And so on the flip side, it was also nice to see him socially engage. Yeah, that other kid was annoying, too. They both got a little annoying, honestly, because they were so fidgety and, you know, I just bouncing around. You, it's so hard to focus when the physical energy can't quiet and just calm and focus on eating. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to get an elbow in the face. So, and I do, I, he elbows me often, uh, just because he's so rambunctious and, you know, I don't need a second broken nose. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. You gotta, no, I'm not going to make a nose joke. Please. Nose time for that. <laughs> That's funny. Stupid. Okay. Uh, I, st- I still got it. <laughs> My nose is not that big. Yeah. It's we're just we're def- recording in it right now. It's a defining moment of my my family. Like, 
it's a defining moment. It's a defining character. Your nose is so big that it's known as a moment. Okay, well, sure. All right. You can tell my I'm family. just glad that Declan got my nose. Yeah, he seems to be really glad about that, too. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of like, you have a small nose, and uh, and I have a small nose, and mom has a nose. Yeah, I didn't get a descriptor word. <laughs> Something like that. Wow. Um, um, all right, so... Yeah, uh, as far as, I don't know, we feel like we keep going off track here. Oh, did we have a track? Yeah, I was talking about spotting autistic people. Right. But you're, okay, so you're you're saying because of the social aspects of the interview. Yeah. Okay. Like a couple of the people were just like cool and like one guy was way too cool for school. He just thought he was like the shit. And then I was like, I was like, man, I was like, you're so cool. You're too cool for this job. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing the thing that sucks is the the t- the the guy that I like the most, my boss, is like I don't know about that one, and so he likes these other two guys. So it like it's his business. So ultimately, it doesn't really matter what I think. Right. Well, some jobs don't. So we let's talk. Some jobs don't require strong. I don't want to say interpersonal skills, but I mean like customer facing. Social yeah, but skills. I've learned that someone has to have people skills because I have I am a person and need to talk to this fucking person. They're great. So you, I agreed. You have to have interpersonal skills to work behind the scenes regardless. Like every position has some yeah, sort of Yeah, because the one girl that worked there, she was just a bitch. Yeah, we talked. The really unapproachable one? Yes. The yeah. one that like you, like I've never, again, I've never imagined like walking up to my boss being like, hey, boss, or like, hey, uh, or if my boss walked up to me and was like, hey, Blake, um, what are you working on? And I just turn around and go, what? Oh, I'm telling you, but I've worked in Sorry, you're fired. offices that it depends on the character of the people in charge because I have worked for people who don't have the wherewithal or the desire or the skill set training in conflict management to handle people with those attitudes. Oh, I'm just like, you're fired, man. That would be my... That'd be my uh, but I've worked in... That's how I deal with it. I've worked in offices Goodbye. with 50-year-old women who act that same way. And they got away with it for like two years. Um, there was one lady one time, we do a game that... I, I still do uh, crayon physics. Oh, you do? Crayon physics, you're saying? That's what I said. Okay. Crayon physics. How does it sound like it? What does C-R-A-N it sound like C-R-A-N is what it sounds like you're saying. C-R-A-N. Crayon. Yeah, crayon physics. Crayon. Crayon physics, fucker. <laughs> crayon physics. Okay. Anyway, um, there was a lady one time where I was uh, doing that. And and then, and it used to be, we would give people, like, I don't do this anymore. I don't give people, like, super a super long amount of time. Like, when you hit 20 minutes or 20 minutes or more, like, the game is over. Like, it's just way too long. I struggle to meet that time frame sometimes. Um, what? Yeah, because you had me do it, and I they were hard for me. I know. I didn't think you were unhireable, <laughs> <laughs> and yet you hired me later, anyways. I did well out of uh, I was I was forced to. I had no other choice. Dang. You were a good employee. I was. It was dang good. But you sucked at crayon physics. That's for sure. That's right. Because um, I I said it like crayon. Physics. Whatever. People know what I mean. Um, you keep throwing me off. I let you talk for like forty five minutes in a row. <laughs> And then I start talking, I'm and then sorry. You, you chime in with all your verbiage. <laughs> what was I saying? Damn it, Rochelle. Crayon physics. 20 minutes. Oh, this lady. 
um, yeah, I'm trying to tell this one story. This lady is like, uh, basically the whole point of the game is that you have a ball and a star and you got to get the ball to the star. Anyway, it's not that complicated, but some of it can feel really complicated. There's a bunch of different ways to solve different levels. And it, the whole point of the game is to, first of all, see, kind of gives you an idea of how smart someone is. See if they're going to try different things. You tell them at the beginning of the game, you can ask me questions, you can ask for help, and blah, blah, blah. Those are the most important things because most people will not ask questions and they will not ask for help. They sit there and they just get really frustrated and they get pissed off. Um, or they try the same thing over and over and over again and then eventually you have to go, hey, why don't you try something different? Yeah, but you know, my struggle... Nope. Uh. And so <laughs> I get to this one lady, this older lady... And not to be ageist, but it was just, there was just something about that she was just like, oh, I don't really like video games. And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's easy. I'll teach you how to play. It's super easy. And she's on like the second or third level. And I remember her going, I'm not having fun, Blake. <laughs> to be fair, though, in order to master those levels, you had to have some awareness that you could think so totally out of the box and and it's not I played obvious. The game and I beat it. It's not intuitive that you can just like conjure things out of thin air to solve some of these problems. And I managed to do it. Well, you know what? I would argue that you have a higher IQ than I do, but it goes back to the same premise. You said people don't ask for help. True, people don't. Um, was that the thing you said? They don't ask for help and they don't ask questions. And part of that is because we have been so conditioned to believe in unwritten rules and that they are supposed to follow what's called the logical path. Logical is based on what's established and what is already sort of well known. And that game defied logic in a lot of ways because it was meant to test intuitive thinking and out of the box problem solving. So most of the, the, the answers are super, no, I mean, literally one of the levels, the first level in that we play in the game is there's it literally a, an outline of a box shows up and then the words draw a box with a big fucking arrow pointing at the box and the point is you draw the box i mean it's very simple you draw a box the box falls it hits the ball and it rolls into the star the first level was always super easy and people like they're like video like video games you know they're cracking their knuckles like uh oh. I got this. And then literally they'll draw a box on the ground or they'll draw a box around the square or they draw a box in some ass backwards place everywhere but the fucking spot that's literally outlined and pointed with a big arrow. Then there's another level, the second level, and that's that's why you do these simple levels first hmm. because you can see, like, can people follow in basic instructions? And so like, the next level says draw a line. You draw okay. a line. There's a dotted line at the top of the screen. Okay. Like a not a dotted line, but like a dashed line. You know, like right. Like, like when you were a little kid and you drew in a book. Right. They would always have like a little dashed. Right. Th you know. I remember. And you would and you would just f color it in with a crayon or whatever. And so yeah, people will draw a line in like different spots, or they'll draw a dashed line. Okay. Instead of just drawing, and this is the first two levels. And so, yeah, it tells you a lot about how stupid a person is. I don't think that that's a qualification of stupid, though. I mean, I think there are assumptions that think that we speak universal languages when it comes to how you're going to do these things. And I, I just don't think that that's the case. I don't think it's as... 
obvious as the designers and you have an advantage because you've been through the program so many times you now know where the rules are i don't think it's that intuitively obvious i did i but i'm saying i before i was able to start giving the test to people i had to sit down and take it myself i know and i was timed and and and, and, in in fact when i did it there was an extra level yeah but we're talking about people with i mean the amount of complexity in processing now i mean is so it's so much more diverse and divergent that same thing but you know i just don't think that everything follows these predictable paths i was talking to my brother today and i was telling him that um i'm taking some math classes and part of some endeavor that I've got math going classes. on math. Yeah. I'm, and I've always struggled in math and I've discalculated and it's always been a struggle. And, but I don't know that I've ever mentioned, I mean, here I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'm doing okay. But you know, I have to really take the time to write it all out because I'm dyslexic. And he goes, wait, you're dyslexic. And I'm like, yeah, I'm dyslexic as fuck, man. Like <laughs> I have, really big problems with this and that's why i couldn't do probability and statistics is that why you drive on the wrong side of the road i do not (laughs) is that why you go you turn on red lights you're like that's green you know what (laughs) you have a memory of an elephant but i'm just that's right don't make a mistake around blake man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right i can't remember what i had for breakfast but if you fuck up i'll never <laughs> let you forget it it's so true <laughs> well, it's because it's like my life was in danger it, oh my god there was nobody on the every road every time midnight. i've gotten into the car that with is you so inflammatory i'm like where are my racing gloves and my helmet and incorrect that's what it's like to be in the car with you fuck you i'm a great driver oh my gosh no you're screaming at everyone along the road hey hammerhead like someone even comes close to being like near your lane and they're not by the way if you got out and measured they're nowhere near your lane but everyone is too close to you while you're driving like i got a bubble stay away from my bubble you fucks again your bubble is bigger than most people's bubble and it's not an intuitive bubble so then everyone's in your bubble and then i just have to sit in the back seat and hear you yell at everyone to get out of your bubble you're like hey it makes him wonder he doesn't Learn to cuss when he's in the car with you. You must have been cleaning it up over the last couple of years. I'm trying. But yeah. No, because that's why I call people hammerhead. Used to be hammerhead cunt. (laughs) 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 Which I know everyone hates that word, but I won't say hammerhead anymore. Right. Well. That was a stupid joke. Anyway. um, But but my own brother did not know that I was dyslexic. dyslexic, And I was like, but you have always given me shit because... I told you I couldn't do probabilities. I couldn't do statistics. It was just senior year of high school. I just, my brain, there was no way I could do it. And I didn't know I was dyslexic then. So I didn't know how to verbalize that I was having problems. I just felt like I was stupid because I couldn't, I couldn't grasp the concepts in my head. I couldn't work out the problems in my head and I couldn't remember the steps, you know, going into it. I just felt like I was dumb. I'm like, great. Well, I have all these genius brothers um, and four of them because, you know, three isn't enough and I'm just the dumb one I mean I was actually grateful when my sister came along and she had the same challenges that I did I was like oh good (laughs) at least I'm not the only one but it just turned out I was totally dyslexic and dyscalculia and I just needed to know that about myself weird is it dyscalculia I thought it was dyscalculia well I could be saying it wrong but I'm I don't know but 
once I knew that about myself, that now I'm in this class with math and um, formulas and statistics and probabilities and all kinds of things, now I know how to prepare myself for the quizzes and the test and even the learning and that I have to write it all down. And then in the process of writing down what I'm thinking and what I'm learning, even when I'm processing through the quizzes, it's the only way I can be certain that I'm not going to flip it around. Maybe the reason you say it dyscalculia mm-hmm. is because you're dyslexic. <laughs> Why? What is it? No, I was just thinking about it. Well, it's probably true. No, it just it just said you're kind of a ding dong when it comes to math. I don't know. I, I struggled with math concepts. Yeah. Ve- I mean, very, very... To I, say I, I struggled I'm not, is... I'm not a mathematician by any means, but I don't think I have that. I think I'm like... Can you be like mildly dyslexic? Yeah, there's there's certain times when I'll write stuff down and I'm like, oh, that was backwards. Yeah, there's but I don't read things backwards necessarily. Oh, I I do. I read them backwards. I write them back. Well, I write them back. I say them backwards. I do, and it's not just letters. Sometimes it's numbers. Sometimes it's whole words. Sometimes it's parts of sentences. Like, it's a whole lot more than just p's and q's and. There's certain words that I'll read and like the you know like it because English is such a weird language sometimes. Yeah. You'll read a word and it'll be like on one line and then on the, on the next line. Right. And so then it like screws up the the, the way the pronunciation the way Yeah, you like if you saw it. tomatoes but it was T O M A and then toes, you'd be like tomatoes. Yeah, I've done that. Or something like that. It's like that uh and I think I've already done this to you but they had that joke that's been going around on like social media where you say, um, what is Y-E-S spell? Yes. What is E-Y-E-S spell? Eyes. Okay. So but what happens to most people <laughs> in these videos that I've seen, mm-hmm. and I did this to people at work, and it was fucking amazing because I was like, there's no way this is real. And, okay. it, and it totally worked. What? You should try it on someone. At but your, I just got it right? You, yeah, but you did this. I knew you were going to do it right because you did it before. Oh, I forgot. Um, so you say, what is Y-E-S spell? And the person says, yes. And then you go, what is E-Y-E-S spell? And then they go, E-S. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, what is E-Y-E-S spell? And they're like, E-Yes. See, I have to work really hard about putting everything I try and put everything I say in my visual, my little blank screen, you know, and process it there, or I can't speak. And when if I go too fast, or like if I'm on any of that medication that's been screwing me up over the last couple of months, that screwed with my nerves to where my nerves felt too jittery, and I couldn't form those pictures in my mind, then who knows what the hell I would have said. You should ask me back then. Yeah, there was, sorry, there was, a, I was thinking of another thing besides the EYES thing. Gotcha. There was a, a, a people, I don't remember exactly what they were doing, but it was something like with index cards or yeah. something and they were writing down words and having the person, uh, or like, yeah, and like saying like what it, the spelling was and then they had to say the word mm-hmm. and then they got to two, T-W-O. Mm-hmm. So the, it was like, what is this spell? And the girl says it. And it's like, what is this spell? The girl says it. What is this spell? And then it gets to TWO and she goes, Two? <laughs> Two. Okay. okay. Two? Sure. Instead of two? That's funny. And everyone's losing it. 
in the video. I think mm-hmm. it was like on TikTok or something that I saw it. Sure. It was really funny. Anyway, sorry. So what are you going to... I digress. So actually, so going so going back, so you were talking about these interviews. How did you feel that the work quality would be between the different candidates? Like It was really hard. Like other people that are like really uncomfortable and awkward make me uncomfortable. So were you struggling to evaluate their potential work performance because you were so uncomfortable? It's really, it's a tough job. It's like, how do you know what someone's like? Uh, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Well, are you still doing, or maybe that was the other company um, where you did those trial days? No, we're not doing that. Okay. Because you have a very like highly technical business. Yeah, it's deceivingly it's, it's complicated. So it, nah, it's really pretty easy. It's just that there's okay. a lot that can go wrong. It's easy for someone who understands it. I'm telling you, as someone who came in, people the- like I will literally show someone how to do something, and I'm like, if anything other than what I just showed you happens, you stop what you're doing and you come get me. And they just fucking barrel through it for no reason, like not listening. Like one of the things was. Um, I trained the dude to run film mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, like you have to adjust this little laser so it can catch the frames of the film mm-hmm. and the, the sprockets are on one side of the film. So it's very, you know, it's basically the lasers away from you. Okay. And it's not like a laser laser. No, it's you trained like me to run pointer. film. Yeah. But they, there was no laser when you were doing it. No, I, I know. Anyway. So, he's but I remember like, the sprockets. Right. Okay. But anyway. He's like, you got it. And then I come back and the machine, he's got the film flipped the opposite direction. The laser's like way out on on the other side. And he goes, well, the film came out of this side. So I figured I'd move the laser. And I was like, I told you if anything changed to come get me. Do you, when you're training someone, do you do a hands-on where you sit and hover over them? Yes. But sometimes you got to go to the bathroom. Right, but I'm just saying we know from doing this podcast that many, many people struggle with receiving and processing verbal directions. He also saw a video and could reference the video. Okay. There were several and, and videos. And hands-on training. And hands-on training. It's pretty easy. Like once you get into it, I'm not a good trainer. That's so the problem. You, I'm well, not a good teacher. Okay. Because I'm just like, here, here's all the, I gave you everything you need know, to know. I know, and you tend to run through it fast because you have it memorized and you forget it can take some of us longer to memorize things. I had that struggle. Get there faster. Blake's motto. That's what I say. That's right. Um, it's my motto with a lot of things. Get there faster. <laughs> but that's partly because you have different skills, like, especially if it's something that you know. Okay. I don't know. I think there's something to be said. Uh, this goes way back to understanding that if it's a skill set you own, you have wired and fired your brain to recognize it, to see it, to be comfortable with it. It's now part of your habitual um, brain processes. Remember going back, it's part of that 80% of autopilot it runs on and not necessarily part of the, t- the 10 to 20 that you're kind of actively working on. And so the difference is, that when you're training someone new, it's part of their 10 to 20% and it's part of your 80%. So you're running on autopilot and they're like walking into a brand new language going, what the heck? Even if they have somewhat of technical experience to dig- to do your company's job, it's just, it's another aspect. It's anything tech is kind of that way, but it's it's true whether you're starting a new diet, 
it's true whether you're starting to, you know, walk more or or pick up the piles of your of your house, even just trying to clean your kitchen. I mean, when I first started cleaning my kitchen, I'd walk in and I'm like, oh, this is so overwhelming. But I knew that I wanted a clean kitchen, so I would work at it. And the first time it took me 20, 25 minutes. And then, you know, here I am a year later and I've worked on it every single day. And I might walk into my kitchen three times a day and spend four to five minutes each. And I have a perfectly clean kitchen because I've now wired and fired my brain in so uh, such a way that it's habit. And I know where everything goes. So, you know, there's I think we forget the learning curve of learning. Yeah, get there faster, as I said. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not main. I wasn't born to be a a trainer. Training is hard work. So it is hard work. It's very patient. It's it's you know learning what the other person's learning style is and trying to figure out where they missed the the le- you know the information. Well, especially when you tell someone something and I'm like, "Do you have any questions?" and they're like, "Nope." I'm like, "Cool, you got it," and then walk away. But the reason that they said yes could have been a number of reasons also. They could be overconfident. They could be um, just underconfident in self-advocacy. They could be worried about not, you know, like appearing stupid or worried about judgment. And so they just figure they're going to panic and work their way through it. I mean, there's a thousand reasons why things like that can happen. That's what I want. Someone that's going to panic and work their way through it. No, not in your job. I mean, that's the, but that's the self-advocacy part and, being able to stand up and go, okay, wait, no, I have problems. But it takes a, it takes some strength of character to say, I don't understand and I have questions and I think I'm doing this wrong because there's always a fear that you're going to look stupid. And if you felt stupid for most of your life because you didn't fit in and you didn't know why, when you take that same footprint and you walk it into a new job, you know, and maybe they've worked as hard to get a new job as you're working to get a new job. And there's the fear of failure or the bringing with them the energy of multiple failures behind them. You know, sometimes if you think you got a chance, you're going to try and wing it to get through, get enough momentum to get through it. Right. So, I mean, there's there's so many things that could be going on there. And if anything, I think what you're experiencing is more of a side effect of the fact that you don't feel great in your body and you don't feel great. Like you don't want to be there. So you're not just abundantly patient with abundance of capacity, you know, and it's more your own frustration that you're dealing with in the middle of it all. I mean, and that's totally fair. It's totally fair. You're not helping Rochelle. Not helping you, not yawn. Supposed to be on my team. I'm just pointing out different things things to consider because I think the points you're making are valid but I can just one of my things it drives people nuts I know but I just have this belief or this part of my personality where I want to see things from as many different angles as I possibly can I I I didn't used to have that opportunity when I was being raised I was raised with one viewpoint it was a superior viewpoint it was you know condescending and it was unforgiving and I when I stepped away from that viewpoint in my life I said never again I'm never going to be fooled like that again and I want to see kind of as many different vantage points as I can so I've developed this part of me that can look at it from as many different angles because that's what makes me happy is to try and figure out 
those missing gaps. That's why I can sit here and do this with you. You sound like the kind of woman that would really love a fit B. No, never. Ever, ever, ever. No, no, right, no. Just figured no. I'd try to fit it in. <laughs> that was funny, though. Thank but, you. But no. All right. Um, are we ready for News Minute? Yeah, what you got? Queen's still dead. Moving on. Pop Minute. <laughs> the Emmys aired on Monday, September 12th. They do? And aired. Oh, I missed it? Yeah, Monday, September 12th. Today's the 18th. Oh, and shit. like most of you, if not all of you, and including Rochelle apparently, I didn't watch. But I did read about them, which has to count for something. Uh, there were some historical moments in the program last week. From an article on Rotten Tomatoes, I read that, uh, please forgive me for butchering these poor people's names. Netflix's Korean language hit Squid Game may not have taken home the prize for best drama series, but it did score in both the best actor in a drama category for Lee Young Ye. I hope that's right. The first Asian and first native Korean to win in the outstanding lead actor in a drama series category. That's cool. And best directing for a drama series, Huang Dong Hook. I don't know if I'm saying these right at all. The latter being the first time a non English language drama ever won in that category. Cool. Uh, People telling people keep telling me that I made his. This is the director talking. People keep telling me that I made history, but I don't think I made history by myself because it was you who opened the doors for Squid Game by inviting us here tonight at the Emmys. Huang said, "I have to say we all made history together. I truly hope that Squid Game won't be the last non-English series to be here at the Emmys, and I also hope this won't be my last Emmy either. I'll be back with season two, which means we're getting season two of Squid Game. Woohoo!" Didn't I, do you watch it? Oh yeah, season the series the first season was pretty sweet. Was it? Yeah, I liked it. You wouldn't I, like it because it's too violent. Oh, I was gonna say. I but it's like to... it's amazing. They take like these childhood games, uh-huh. and I don't know. Can I spoiler alert? Because I'm gonna because I got to tell you what happens in the first episode. It's awesome. Because all these people sign up. Or how, how does it happen? I don't remember exactly how it happens, but without getting into too much detail, a lot of people sign up to go into this kind of like mysterious it's almost like a game show and they the first game is red light green light which we all remember from being little kids mm-hmm. and there's this big spooky not really spooky but this like cr- kind of creepy doll head thing mm-hmm. and it turns to face the audience and um and if it sees you then you're out and if it turns away you can run and if you cross the line then you 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 make it to the next game mm-hmm. so the game because you don't know i was like oh i wonder how this is gonna work and so again spoiler alert um just fast forward like 20 seconds um the basically the the head like it's it's like green light and people start running and it's like red light and the head turns around and like everyone stops except for like one person and then all of a sudden like a sniper rifle just pew, and like just kills that person and then it's like everyone's still standing there and it's like green light and then like the head turns around and people start running and it's like red light. So everyone starts taking it way more seriously, but everyone wants to win. But people keep like faltering or like tripping. So then you just hear like, pow, 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 
and people just oh, dropping hell, dead. No. no. Green light. No. And it, it's awesome, dude. Uh, I could. Okay. I, I, no, 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 no. And la, all la, the la. games, all the games are like, not just like red light, green light, but they're, some of them must be like <sighs> specifically Korean games because I hadn't heard of like some of them. Okay. But it's amazing. No, the visuals of that, like, I now can't sleep. I, I just pictured that <laughs> whole thing in my head and that's. That's because I'm an amazing storyteller. Yeah, but now I can't sleep. Now so. you're going to hear me going, green light. No, 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 no. The choo-choo, okay. that's probably. Also at the Emmys, Zendaya received her second Emmy win this at this nice. year's ceremony, making history as the youngest person to secure two awards in the Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series category. Drama Series. Yeah. She accepted the award at age 26 for work in Euphoria's second season. Oh, that's right. That's right. She's in that. The actress took home first prize or took home the prize in 2020 at age 24 for her performance in the HBO's hit HBO hits first season, making her the youngest person to do so at the time. Right. I remember that. Uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph made history as the second black actress to win outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. 34 years after first winner Jackie Harry won for 227 in 1987. It's been that long. That's yeah. a problem. That's a long ass time. Good for her. Uh, Ralph accepted the trophy for her role in Abbott Elementary. Okay. And finally, Saturday Night Live nabbed the trophy in the Outstanding Variety Sketch Series category, breaking two of its own records. The long-running NBC show going into its 48th season Holy bumped. Cow. Yep, bumped its consecutive Outstanding Variety Sketch Series Emmy count to six, securing both the most wins and the most consecutive wins in the category. SNL now has a total of 87 golden statuettes, the most for any series in primetime Emmy history. Wow. I mean, well, the 49 season helps, but... 48. Okay. 48. 48. Yeah. Uh, they also I, have four new cast members. I didn't know that. And someone, I think one of them is a they, them. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't... I, I thought, like, when I looked through, I was like, oh, it's a couple dudes and a lady, but... Apparently it's it's a it's a they. Yeah, they. Um, I don't know. That's so. It's it, that's that's really hard to like break that habit because when you see what looks like a dude, and then you you're like call me they or them. It's a it's a difficult it habit. Like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I can't. Um, Grey's Anatomy also had a. Um, I don't remember if they, a they them. Yeah, I don't. And I hope they're coming back to the next season. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's. I mean, I I don't watch a ton none of the shows you just mentioned are shows that i watch i found um i found west wing on hbo so yeah. i've been watching that and only that so sweet yeah well we're not here to talk about west wing Darn we're here, we're that, here. i could do that podcast all by myself yeah Yep. Cool. But nobody wants to hear you wax poetic about <laughs> west wing i don't that's why i say nothing i'm just yeah, let's move on. I, I stopped talking. Uh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that about does it for us this week. Okay. Unless there's anything you'd like to add, not about West Wing. Damn. All right, I'm Blake. I'm Michelle. And we'll be back. And uh, I, th I think I have new music, and if it sucks, sorry. I haven't had a lot of time to work on it this week. Stop putting yourself down. It's always great music. No, it's kind of okay this week. You know what? Your opinions don't count sometimes. Get ready for some really okay music coming at you, <laughs> courtesy of Blake Fertig, here on Why Do You Say Radio. <laughs>